just about as interesting as large shot bringing excerpts for my car. The whip will put the clothes on. A lot of nuts involved in this thing. I'm going to rate the car and the cabbage. Last drag touchdown. How about that? With the lead drag touchdown. What do you call Chimes. You've been pushing all the wrong buttons. And I'm really, really upset about that. Good coffee for Oh, I don't know. This bites. It's in bad taste. More than just riding a machine between your legs. You made that up. Nobody cares, especially us. You got the wrong bicycle show. You can stick it. I want everyone strip search. You better put your jock on. Jimmy Hart gets to go home. We're the WCW heavyweight champion of the world. What's somewhere else? Tough guy. Unhappy woman. Hello, my Nitromaniacs, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Nitromania podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host. I am sweating my balls off, and this is the show where even a referee can get promo time if he tries hard enough. This is the 49th episode of the Nitromania podcast, meaning that this is the official episode of the Manhattan Project. There is one episode for each match Rocky Marciano fought in his undefeated boxing career, and it is also the official episode of the northern border of Washington, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, and Minnesota, or perhaps the southern border of British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, depending on how you want to look at it. Last week on the show, I covered Hogwild 96 and the following Nitro with the one and only Tony S., and I sincerely thank him again for taking the time to sit down and chat with me last week. Uh, on that episode, Hulk Hogan won the WCW World Heavyweight title from the Giant, surprise, surprise, and spray-painted the letters NWO on it. And then, two nights later, he attacked Macho Man with a chair. The Outsiders fought Sting and Luger twice. Harlan Heat fought the Steiners twice and boy howdy were we promised one heck of a clash of the champions the following thursday let us now discuss briefly that clash of the champions we open with a hogan montage and a rick flair clip tony and bobby say hi and then we go back to the end of nitro for the horsemen coming out to help luger and sting Rey Mysterio pins Malenko to retain his cruiserweight title thanks to randerson screwing up vk wall street pins hacksaw jim duggan because of tape the nasty boys hold no loyalty Gene Pull up your socks and get ready. wants us to call the hotline for information on an interview that happened during the commercial break. Conan pins the ultimate dragon, then gets really angry about it. Ice Train gets attacked by Scott Norton while on CompuServe. Meng defeats Macho Man by forfeit, since Macho Man is too injured from that one chair shot by Hogan on Monday night. So we get a replay of that. Then we have to talk to the dungeon through a shitty mic connection. Oh, fuck, it's the leprechaun. He does a lap around the ring and thankfully leaves. Medusa pins Bull Nakano. Again, but really this time. Gene talks to Ric Flair. Eddie Guerrero pins DDP and is the new Battle Bowl champion despite losing the Battle Bowl tournament in the first round. Gene talks to Hogan. The Giant squashes Chris Benoit. Harlem Heat retain the WCW tag titles in a triangle match against the Steiners and Sting and Luger. Wow! Because Nick Patrick called for the bell, citing outside interference because the Outsiders attacked Luger and Sting in the aisle. Gene asks Nick Patrick for his explanation. A referee cutting a promo. Always a good idea. Finally, Flair defeats Hogan by disqualification. Hogan retains the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Do you think the WWF slash WWE scratch logo was based on the word Clash in the Clash of the Champions logo? Just something I thought of while scrolling through that show. All right. 
Let us move on to the important stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 19th, 1996, and we are live from the Von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama. The Von Braun Civic Center, now known as just the Von Braun Center, is named after famous Nazi Werner Von Braun. But don't worry, he's one of the good Nazis. This venue has hosted a number of wrestling events over the years, including two prior episodes of Nitro, episode 29, where Sting and Luger successfully defended the tag titles against the American Males, and Ric Flair and the Giant fought to a no contest for the world title, if you remember that craziness, and episode 8, where nothing important happened, except the Yeti hatch from an iceberg. Anyway... Also emanating from this arena prior to tonight, a metric fuckton of WWF Superstars episodes, 15 to be exact, three episodes per taping, five tapings, dating back to 1988. The main event for that first episode of Superstars that was taped on the 5th of January, Ted DiBiase with Virgil versus Brady Boone, who would later go on to become Battle Cat. Check your WrestleCrap, kids. That was actually a thing. But tonight... As I was saying, we are live from Huntsville, Alabama, the home of Space Camp, on the road to Fall Brawl, which means we are almost at the one-year mark here on Nitromania. Lots of explosions, and Tony screaming at the top of his lungs, as per usual, welcomes us to Nitro. We don't even go to ringside as we jump right into the action. Your opening contest this evening is a rematch from Clash of the Champions. Michael, sorry, VK Wall Street versus... Oh, fuck, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <sighs> During Wall Street's entrance, we get a replay of the idiotic finish from Thursday. Tony promises us a tag title match later tonight, as well as the Giant versus the Macho Man, and a tag match featuring Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Larry and Tony then tear holes in Duggan's entire gimmick, as they both agree that Duggan pulling tape from his trunks and taping his fist should be illegal because the tape would be considered a foreign object. Nothing like commentary completely tearing your gimmick apart before the bell rings three minutes into the show. Nick Patrick is your referee for this contest, and Tony and Larry talk about the conspiracy theories surrounding him. You know how I know Nick Patrick is evil? He's grown a goatee. Wall Street starts the match by trying to escape from this shit show, but Duggan follows him to the floor and beats him up. Back in the ring, a couple of clotheslines and an atomic drop that sends Wall Street to the outside. Wall Street takes the advantage by sneaking back into the ring behind Duggan and waffling him. The crowd chants USA, USA, because Wall Street is from, what, New York City? I don't know. David Penzer never actually introduced him. Your finish comes when Duggan pulls tape out of his trunks. Nick Patrick takes it away. Duggan gets more tape and knocks out Wall Street. I hate this so much. So much. Gene is in the ring with Hacksaw, so let's suffer through this together, shall we? We've got a great crowd. They're red hot tonight, and they love this victory here, Hacksaw. Oh! We've got some things we touched on a couple of weeks ago, and I want to go back to your thinking about this, this new group that's arrived on the scene, the New World Order, and a man that we know very well. He now calls himself Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Wait a minute, Gene. Everybody in the WCW has been coming down here screaming what they're going to do to Hulk Hogan. Well, not Jim Duggan. Because, Terry, I want to talk to you as a man. What have you done not only to your fans, not only to your friends, but your family? You turned your back on everything you believed in. Makes me wonder what kind of man that you are. I know one thing about him. 
What's going on? Well, you, you've got to stay focused. What's going on? You finished the thought. What's, what's going on? We're shooting, brother. Is Vince Russo already in WCW? The crowd cheering apparently confused old Hacksaw so much that he couldn't knock his two brain cells together to actually look down the aisle and see who was coming. And he was so shocked to see Macho Man that he jumped back and threw his fists up ready to fight because he is a moron. Also, big thanks to Macho Man for cutting that garbage short. All right. Let's see what Macho has to say. We're in the same wavelength, same frequency. Don't worry about it. I am got a problem with Hulk Hogan, and I'm going to get it done. Don't worry about it. We're done in this lifetime, the next lifetime, and the one after that. I was really hoping that was the end of it. Gene shows us another replay of Hogan clocking Savage with the chair last week, and Macho continues. Hulk Hogan is my wake-up call. Because from now on, I am going to make things happen. I am not laying back even a little bit. I'm going to let it flow all the way, and that's real bad news for you. Okay, tonight's priority, very quickly, the Giant. The Giant made a deal with the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He said if I stepped aside, that he would make everything okay. Well, let me tell you something Things are not okay. The WC World Heavyweight Championship belt has been spray-painted NWO. And I've got 15,000 stitches in my head. So I got a problem with Hulk Hogan. But right now, tonight, I got a problem with the Giant. And I'm going to solve that problem. Oh, yeah. All right, the Macho Man. Stay tuned. Nitro is live here on TNT. And we've got more in a moment. Did he say 15,000 stitches? And I've got 15,000 stitches in my head. 15,000. That, that's a lot. Also, the WC World Heavyweight Championship belt? Like the toilet? Anyway, Gene sends us to break, so let's do that. Do you like scary movies? You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium. Come join us as we talk about horror movies, horror fiction, and horror television. Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium. New episodes coming soon. We come back from break and then we go to ringside. Tony and Larry talk about the belt shot that took down the giant at Hog Wild, but don't give us any footage of it. Then take us back to Thursday for Benoit getting squashed by the giant. Your next match, Earl Robert Eaton, without Jeeves, oddly enough, and Tony tells us that there are problems within the Blue Bloods. Apparently on Saturday, Lord Stephen Regal said he would be breaking the mold to chase singles gold, that wasn't supposed to rhyme, I assume, and that is leading to some tension. Eaton is taking on Chris Benoit, who is accompanied by Woman and Elizabeth. They immediately lock up and dance around, then Benoit rakes the eyes and takes the advantage. Benoit is angry, so someone check on the dogs, would you? You know where they are. Eaton counters an abdominal stretch, and we get some quick back and forth until Eaton gets tossed from the ring. Benoit sends Eaton into the ring post and then hip-tosses him on the floor. They fight to the aisle, and Benoit goes back in the ring. If you pay close attention, you can see Randerson turn around to start counting Eaton again, then notice that Woman is about to go for a kick, so he turns back around to admonish Benoit some more. Eaton gets back in the ring and continues to get the snot beaten out of him by Benoit. Does anyone have a Bible? 
Eaton counters and hits a neckbreaker and gets a breather. He goes to the top for a dive, but Benoit misses a very awkward diving leg drop. Concussion 424 as Benoit hits the diving headbutt for the three count. We go to break for a Glacier promo. Hey, this is an old one. What the fuck? We're going back in time. We come back for a never-ending crowd shot while Tony sets up the fact that we're going to back to Clash of the Champions for Nick Patrick cutting a promo and the weird ending to the WCW title match. We then go to Gene, who is backstage with Sting and Luger. Sting and Luger are Arn and Flair's opponents later tonight. After we've been told for the past week or so that the Horsemen and Sting and Flair are on the same page fighting for WCW. They promise some kind of surprise tonight. Gene asks what it is because he doesn't know what the word surprise means. That's... that's all we get here. Gene sends us back to the ring. Up next, it is Disco Inferno taking on Scott Norton. During Disco's entrance, I can tell you that the Disco Ball is spinning. He also tries to do the Macarena, but gives up. 1996, everybody. Norton beats the hell out of Disco. That's really all you need to know here. Disco tries to get some offense in, but Norton no-sells most of it. This match lasts far too long, by the way. Norton ends it with an ugly shoulder breaker, then a single arm takedown and an arm bar for the victory. To discuss Norton's victory, Mean Gene is with Ice Train and Teddy Long. Teddy blames Ice Train's loss at Hogwild on Nick Patrick, then Gene shows us Train getting attacked at the CompuServe desk at the Clash. Train challenges Norton to attack him face-to-face. He also says this. And I'm going to tell you, Norton, hey, I ain't always going to be running around here looking like a mommy, baby. Mummy, Train. Mummy. Gene sends us to break. This Saturday night, David Taylor versus Lex Luger for the TV title. Remember that belt? And Malenko versus Flair for the United States Championship. Tony tells us about the replay of the clash as Lord Steven Regal enters. Larry complains about the fans booing Nick Patrick. Regal's opponent is Dean Malenko. Do I have to recap this? Can I just watch it and enjoy it? Yeah, I am being told that I have to recap it. We start with some quick back and forth, including a very interesting arm drag by Regal. Standoff and Malenko takes Regal down with a drop toe hold back up. An arm ringer by Regal reversed by Malenko as we go to break. Pedro loves tuning Japanese. What say you, my friend, Menchi? And I guess I'm here, too. If you're looking for wacky reviews of anime, check out Tuning Japanese. A podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. Only on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Do they drink, too? Not a little bit. I do. Back for a headlock, a push-off, and some more quick back and forth, including a cartwheel by Regal, followed by a beautiful enziguri. This gets a two-count. Into an arm and headlock on the mat with a few palm strikes to the forehead for good measure, as Regal do. Into the turnbuckles, reversed, and Malenko hip-tosses directly into the lateral press for two. Regal then just stomps on Malenko's fingers. Straight punch to the jaw gets a two, then a head scissors on Malenko, just squeezing his cranium like a grape. Malenko gets his foot on the rope, and Regal has to break the hold. Regal solidly on the offensive now. Tony wants us to know that tickets are still available for Fall Brawl on September 15th in Winston-Salem as Regal locks Malenko in a full Nelson. Into the corner, and Malenko hits a rebound dropkick, followed by a German suplex. A second with a bridge gets a two-count. Larry begins to insist that Nick Patrick must be on the up-and-up because he's been perfectly impartial in this match which does not involve the NWO in any way, shape, or form. Malenko catches Regal in a Mahistral cradle for a sudden and surprising three-count. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your Pep Boys Power Pin of the Week. We go to Gene, who is in the aisle being approached by Arn Anderson. The rest of the horsemen appear out of nowhere. The dynamite appears as he starts talking. I can only hope that Mongo gets set on fire when the random pyro starts going off, since they're just standing on the ramp. 
Anderson expounds on his toughness, his guts, and how good a fighter he is. Flair screams us into hour two and into the needless pyro. He then continues to scream at Hulk Hogan. Gene gives us this tidbit as we go to Bischoff, and Bischoff sends us to break. Thank you very much. I think I've got a Roman candle up my pant leg. Eric, let's get back to you. We come back for the Nasty Boys. They'll be taking on Public Enemy again. For fuck's sake, give us something different, please. Bischoff then says they're defending themselves against a lawsuit from the WWF. From a Wrestling Observer newsletter, fuck Tuna Meltzer, for the next week, August 26th, the WWF versus WCW lawsuit was settled out of court this week before it could go to trial. WCW agreed not to refer to Scott Hall or Kevin Nash as the bad guy or Big Daddy Cool, respectively. WCW also is not allowed to state that they worked for WWF. WCW wasn't planning to do any of that anyway, so it's an easy settlement. WWF is still moving forward with a separate lawsuit for trademark infringement. WWF reportedly got a hold of some internal WCW memos where Hall and Nash were referred to by their WWF gimmick names. From what I can find, the separate lawsuit actually went on for years, and the ruling in that case is what ultimately led to the WWF purchasing WCW in early 2001, as WWF was given the rights of first refusal to the company if it were ever to be put up for sale. The lawsuit in question is also what led to fake Razor and fake Diesel, but the less said about that, the better, right? Right, moving on! Anyway, as I said, we're stuck with another fucking Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy match. We immediately go to the patented, absolutely useless WCW split screen as the blondes fight outside and the brunettes fight inside. Racism. Eventually, Sags avoids the Public Enemy sandwich, rolls Rocco back into the ring. Nobbs elbow drops him and pins him, and it's over. Nobbs then yells something at the camera, but who fucking cares? Gene talks to the Nasty Boys about the NWO yet again. We go to the desk and Bischoff talks about paranoia. Heenan agrees that the NWO are a lot of noise and not a lot of action when the playing field is level. Bischoff promotes Giant versus Savage some more and sends us to break. Check out the August issue of WCW Magazine, a tell-all interview with the Steiners, the Giant reveals secrets, and collectible photos from pay-per-views that happened two and three months ago. Back to the arena, back to the clash, and back to Eddie Guerrero becoming the Battle Bowl champion again, despite losing in the first round of the tournament. Enter DDP, smoking a cigar. Remember the 90s, kids? He is facing Chavo Guerrero, who is seeking revenge for that post-match attack on Thursday. Chavo starts by dumping Page and then hitting a dive that almost cripples him. Back in the ring and Chavo stays on the attack. DDP throws him off a couple of times, but Chavo does not relent. Finally, Dallas avoids a charge in the corner and goes on the attack. Bischoff promises that WCW will be looking into the actions of Nick Patrick as DDP continues to work Chavo's left shoulder. Chavo avoids a charge in the corner and rolls up DDP for two. Page quickly returns to the offensive, though. Page does that heel thing where he goes for a pin but picks Chavo up at two. This eventually backfires as Chavo counters a diamond cutter into a backslide and picks up the pinfall victory. DDP then beats up Chavo, including stealing Nick Patrick's belt and whipping Chavo with it. Gene yells at Nick Patrick in the aisle and then interviews him. Smart. Patrick defends himself, saying he was waiting for Randerson to show up as his backup. Patrick says Gene is the main reason everyone is questioning him. Everything is being blown out of proportion. Gene then offhandedly mentions Patrick's new $550,000 home while inferring that he can't actually afford that on a referee's salary, and we go to break. Again, referees cutting promos. Always gold, never a waste of time. We get the first fall brawl out on Nitro and we come back for the tag title match. But first, back to the debut of the American Males and them taking the tag titles from Harlem Heat on that night. This starts with a brawl. The brawl lasts, no, five seconds. Nick Patrick is refereeing his second match in a row. That's 
suspicious. Booker starts with Scotty Riggs and just whoops him for a while. After a bit of a chaotic match, bodies flying everywhere. Harlem Heat retained by pinfall. No interference from Patrick or Sherry tonight. We go to break and Glacier again. Back from break for another tag match. Back to back for some reason. The Horseman versus Sting and Luger. Let's see what the surprise is. Sting grabs a mic and demands that Benoit and Mongo come to the ring as well. Anderson calls them down as Bischoff and Heenan question Sting's mental faculties. Mongo and Benoit enter the ring as we go to break. Hey, Atta, do you like anime? I do like anime. What about you? I love it. Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it, you piece of shit? We kind of did marry it. We did. By making a podcast? It ain't a healthy marriage. It controls our lives. And that podcast is the Reanimator Pod. That's R-E-Animator Pod. And you can hear new episodes every Monday. And here's a little taste. It's Alice in Wonderland meets Inception with an acid-infused EDM rave twist. I like it. Is what I wish I could say. Okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the I shot rea- my low too early there. <laughs> Hotro then asked Yuma, "Are you turned on?" Not in that deep a register, but that's what she asked her. Are you turned on? Turned on yet? Well, guys, are you turned on yet? If not, I'll keep going. All right. Today, we are going to start. <laughs> well, I, I We're going to start snoozing. I tried to make a dramatic pause. We come back and Gene is in the ring without his jacket on. That's how unexpected this is. Let's hear from Sting about the surprise. We can do what we've always done year after year and we can come out here and beat each other up. Or we can just recognize the fact that there is a major problem right here in WCW. I know Nature Boy and the Total Package knows we can't trust you as far as we can throw you. We will never be able to trust you. That is a fact, and we know that. But I also know that all of your blood and your blood and sweat and tears have all been shed. No matter where your wrestling career has ever taken you, they've all been shed right here at WCW. You are WCW, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. The total package is WCW. I am WCW. In 30 days, 30 days, War Games is going to happen. War Games was created by the horsemen for the horsemen. We know that. But with all due respect to Chris Benoit and to Steve McMichaels, there's only four people in this ring right now that have ever felt War Games. That's you two, and that's us two. So we're not asking, we are demanding that we take those two slots in war games with you two. So there you go. Sting wants the WCW team for war games, which as of yet has not even been announced as WCW versus NWO. But what else could it have been really to be Sting, Luger, Flair and Anderson? Let's see Anderson's response. Let me get this right. right. You two with us two. Let me get a couple of things straight here. I don't like you, and I don't like you. We don't have the same philosophy. Luger, you got a heck of a body. I mean, you're ripped. But do you know what War Games is all about? You see, you can't bring all these jiggling pecs and all these show muscles to War Games. That won't help you. But now if you bring all that power and dedication 
that it took to mold that body to war games. Well, that's a different story. Whoa, 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 Can you do that, Luger? Oh, he talks shit about your titties, Luger. Are you going to take that? You know, AA, we go way back, as we all know. Our history is your history. Now, you want to make a comment about jiggling pecs or the body, you reach deep down inside and you really think about it, and you nature boy too. Have the stinger of myself in one match, including the war games. Have you ever, when you really think deep down inside, ever left that ring saying, we let up, we didn't give 100%. Ask yourself that question, and you answer that in your own mind before you blow this whole thing off. That didn't make a lot of sense, Arn. I, I get where you're coming from. Let me go to you. For one night... Can you take that albatross out from around your neck that you've had your entire career? And you know what that is, Stinger. The little Stingers. Always caring what the kids thought. Always trying to do the right thing. Because I'm going to tell you, to survive war games or to win war games, you can't do the right thing. you got to get down in that gutter. And you got to reach into a man's soul and do something so violent and so painful that he looks into your eyes and says, I quit. This is not about pinfalls. It's I submit or surrender. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling the world, when I get in war games with the outsiders, they're going to have to kill me because the words I quit are never coming out of my mouth. Can you do that? Didn't Sting win war games last year? Team Hogan versus Team Dungeon? Anyway, Sting? Let me answer this. I can't even believe that you can waste the breath to ask me a question like that after what we've been through. Like I said earlier, WCW has not been a cakewalk for you or you. But I have lived the life of WCW. Remember that. Ask the Nature Boy if you don't know. You heard the man, Gene. Ask the Nature Boy. Let me see if I understand. You and the package want to team up with me and the Enforcer against the Outsiders. Let me explain something to you. I know who you are better than any man alive. I know what you're about. If Mongo and Benoit because I know you aren't as bad at Hogan as I do, buddy. If Mongo and Benoit will step aside, I'll walk the path with the enforcers side by side. It goes like that. All right. Uh, but it goes to Mongo and Benoit because we're horsemen first, brother. I'll tell you what, gentlemen, you're going to have to discuss it. Vote vote on it. I don't know. What, what is your thinking on this very quickly, Chris? I've waited my whole life. To become a horseman my whole career for this kind of opportunity. Rick and Arn, you've never betrayed me. I'll stand behind your decision. Well, that is a big I, I believe. Mongo, listen, Gene, I was part of the best team to ever play in the NFL. And I know what it's like to sacrifice. And if these two head honchos of the four horsemen say, Steve, this is the way it's got to be. I'm willing to sacrifice. But let me tell you what, pretty boys. I'm going to be watching. And if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, what the NWO's done to you is going to seem like a day at the park. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, we have got a match here. This is incredible. I guess everyone agrees. A-N-W-O. We got a deal. 
What do you we think have got a deal. Yes. Oh, my goodness. More games coming up in September at Fall Pro. And stay tuned oh, for more exciting Can you believe this? Live here on TNT. So there you have it. Everyone agrees. Why did they have to pretend that there was going to be a match to get us to that promo? Why not just have the promo? During the break, another NWO paid announcement. They're in Rome. Well, Hall and Nash are, or they're in Denver. Anyway, Hogan is nowhere to be found in this announcement. There's not a whole lot here. They talk smack about various WCW personalities, including the Booty Man. Back to Huntsville and its main event time. It's the Giant with Jimmy Hart versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Or it would be, except Savage attacks the Giant with a chair during his entrance. Savage waffles the Giant with the chair a few more times until Randerson takes the chair away. Giant recovers and beats up Savage on the outside. Giant dumps Savage into the ring, over the top rope, and enters the ring. The bell rings. Randerson keeps signaling that there's no match. Giant tries for the choke slam, but Savage kicks him in the balls. Jimmy Hart enters the ring with a chair, and Savage chucks him out of the ring. Savage then beats up every member of the dungeon with the chair until he runs to the back. Giant hops the ropes and sprints to the back, and that's your main event, I guess. The crowd boos the announcement of the decision as a no contest. To the desk, and Eric recaps what just happened. Heenan does as well. They both marvel at the Giant's speed. Eric gets word that the War Games match is official, so I guess we'll find out the fourth man at Fall Brawl. Heenan messes up the date of the pay-per-view and sends us off the air. This episode of Nitro wasn't too bad. Uh, The ending kind of sucked with the two big advertised matches not happening, but overall I think this was a very solid show with some decent matches. Hacksaw and Scott Norton excluded. Drag things down a little bit with yet another Nasty Boys vs. Public Enemy spot that isn't announced as a no-DQ but ends with a table spot anyways. And you've got a show that, again, wasn't too bad. Uh, I think Benoit versus Eaton was quite good. Chavo versus DDP was good. And, of course, if you go back and watch anything, make it Malenko versus Regal, which was, not surprisingly, awesome. Cage Match has this show as a 4.8 out of 10, so call that mediocre. I can't say I agree with that 100%, but it is all subjective. They pulled in a TV rating of 3.5. Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, it is episode number 173 of Monday Night Raw, and we are live from Wheeling, West Virginia, on the night after SummerSlam. We open with a brief recap of the shocking turn of Paul Bearer last night. I still remember that happening. That was great. Uh, Vince is no longer on commentary as Kevin Kelly and Jim Ross join the commentary booth with Jerry Lawler. Tonight starts the tournament to crown a new Intercontinental Champion since Ahmed had to vacate the belt. Owen Hart advances by countout against the British Bulldog. Sonny and Jim Cornette scream at each other. We get a clip of Ahmed Johnson while Jim Ross and Lawler's mics were still live. Mark Henry is at ringside signing autographs. Jim Ross seems legitimately upset. Somehow, Vader versus Freddie Joe Floyd lasts longer than a commercial break. Vader wins by pinfall as the lights flicker for reasons unknown. Jim Ross interviews Mankind and Paul Bearer in the ring. This eventually becomes an impromptu funeral for Taker, which Taker ruins by being alive. Or as alive as The Undertaker can be, I suppose. Also, a pyro cue is completely missed. We get a vignette for the stalker. (laughs) Goldust wins a Final Four Battle Royal for the right to face Shawn Michaels on a Friday edition of Raw on September 6th. And in your main event, Shawn Michaels defeats Yokozuna in non-title competition. This episode of Raw has a 4.22 out of 10 on Cage Match and scored a TV rating of 2.9. 
Elsewhere, on August 19, 1996, President Bill Clinton celebrated his 50th birthday. Rundown wrestling fans may remember that Bill showed up on episode 10 of WrestleMania Salvation, which yours truly guest-hosted. And former NXT competitor and current awful NXT commentator Percy Watson turned 15. And that does it for 1996. If you want to see me live and in person here in 2018, you certainly can. On September 1st, you can see me at APW, Atlantic Pro Wrestling Road to Royalty, at the Newburyport Elks Lodge in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And on September 15th, you can catch me at the John McCarthy Elementary School for the season premiere, the return of Liberty States Wrestling. Uh, on that evening as well. September 22nd, you can catch me at the Beverly Salem Lodge of Elks for Elk Mania. And that is all that I have for the month of September. You can find me on Twitter at NitromaniaPod or send an email to NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. Leave your feedback, leave your suggestions, your comments, your questions, anything you want, really. I'll read it. Uh, if you have suggestions for who you'd like to see as a future guest host for a pay-per-view episode, we will certainly take those as well. I have lined up a guest host for Fall Brawl, and I am looking forward to letting you know who that is in a few weeks. If you like the show and all the shows here on the feed and you want to support us monetarily, we would not turn you down. Make a one-time donation by going to paypal.me slash rundownwrestling or become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. All of the money donated goes straight back into the show to pay for our Potomatic hosting and ensure that we can have a nice backlog of episodes for you to check out if you're bored at work one day. Plus, I can tell you that there will be a new patron-only, Patreon-exclusive series Coming soon to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. It is a show that I have uh, put together. I have written the first episode. I'm just waiting to find out when I can record it with my guest host there. Once that goes up, it will be announced on Twitter. And if you want to listen to it, you're going to have to sign up as a patron. So check that out, patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Once that goes up, <sighs> and check out all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network by going to Quest endnetwork.com until next time ladies and gentlemen as we creep ever closer to fall brawl 1996 i thank you for listening as always and i will talk at you next time right here on nitromania